Welcome in to episode number nine and the New Year's edition of College Sports Today here on WLRZ 99.3 FM. I'm your host, Hamilton Neal. We again thank you for taking some time this week to join us here on the show. To all of our listeners out there, we wish you a happy new year. 2022 is coming up in just a few hours. Very excited for that. Very excited for the show that we have tonight as well. We have a lot of things to talk about. We'll talk some news with Lenoran Athletics. Not a ton going on right now, but we will have some news with the Lenoran men's and women's basketball teams in relation to COVID protocols, some games being postponed, some games being shifted. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. We'll also talk Lenoran men's and women's swimming as well. We'll then go over and talk college football with a couple of bowl game results and then finish up the show with our men's and women's college basketball top five games from the last week. But again, we're going to start with news from Lenoran and the Lenoran men's and women's basketball teams. Both squads right now being affected by COVID-19. Due to COVID protocols, the Lenoran Lincoln Memorial women's basketball game on Saturday in Trufer Gymnasium has been postponed. The LRLMU men's game will go on as scheduled on Saturday with tip-off moving up to 2 p.m. No makeup date has been announced for the women's game. You can stream the men's game at lrbears.com slash watch or follow along with live stats at lrbears.com slash stats. In addition to the Lincoln Memorial Contest being postponed, matchups against Young Harris and Queens for the women's basketball team have also been postponed as well. The Lenoran men's swimming team finished the four-day Spartan invite on Monday evening, with the Bears finishing in fifth place with a team total of 317 points, but the Bears saw six school records broken and had five NCAA B-cut time swims during the four-day weekend. Jacob Green, Micah McRae, John Ryan, and Spencer Ashby broke the school record in the 200 and 400 medley relay. In the 200 medley relay, they finished with a time of 131.14, and in the 400, they finished with a time of 319.54 new school records. The next night, Green, McRae, and Ashby were joined by Nathan McCormick and shattered the 200 free relay record with a time of 123.22. Green and McRae both got NCAA B cuts in the 200 IM. McRae currently holds the ninth fastest time, while Green has the 15th fastest time in all of Division II this season in the event. Green also broke the school record and NCAA B cut time in the 100 back, while McRae improved his NCAA B cut time in the 400 IM. His time of 353.28 is currently eighth fastest this year year. McRae then finished his weekend with the NCAA B-cut and school record in the 100 breast with a time of 54.60, which is the 19th fastest time this year currently in all of Division II. The Lenoran women's swimming team saw five school records fall during the four-day Spartan invite hosted by Tampa University. The Bears also have five NCAA B-cut times during the weekend. The Bears finished in sixth place with 153 total points. The women saw the 800 free relay record broken with a time of 741.54 with a team consisting of Elizabeth Bowman, Anna Taylor, Kimberly Scheiber, and Lisa Bornigan. Bowman then broke the school record in the 500 free with a time of 505.85 on day three of the event. Scheiber got an NCAA B-cut time in the 400 IM with a time of 424.99, which is good for 15th best in all of Division II. Scheiber then concluded her weekend with a new school record in the 200 back with a 205.13 time. Bornigan finished the four-day event with two school records and four NCAA B-cut events. Bornigan is currently in the top 16 in three different events, the 200 and 400 IM and the 200 fly, and 48th in the 100 free. Bornigan also broke the school record in the 200 IM with a time of 203.29 and the 400 IM with a time of 423. 
The Bears will return to the pool after the new year with a date at Emory and Henry on January the 7th. Again, that's some of what's going on here at Lenorine. Things very quiet during this Christmas break. The Lenorine men's and women's basketball teams, again, both affected by COVID protocols. The women's team has three games postponed right now, Young Harris, Lincoln Memorial, and Queens. The men's team still scheduled to play Lincoln Memorial coming up on Saturday at 2 p.m. Again, you can stream that game at lrbears.com watch. Follow live stats at lrbears.com stats. But again, what we've seen throughout all of college sports, throughout all sports, no matter what level it is, COVID is again having an impact on scheduling and when teams can play and when they can't play, teams going into a pause type of deal. And again, that's the case with our LR squads right now. Two teams that are really in need of some big wins coming up. The men's basketball team has had some close losses. They've been struggling of late. Same thing with the women's team. They've got a couple of key wins, notably against Anderson of late, but both have got off to slower starts in this 2021 season. And again, scheduling here affected by COVID protocols. Again, the women's next three games postponed Young Harris, Lincoln Memorial, and Queens. The Lenoran men's basketball team is still scheduled to play against Lincoln Memorial on Saturday. A lot of stuff going on there with the men's and women's basketball teams, most of it not relating to what's going on on the floor. Both teams, again, affected by COVID protocols. The men's and women's swimming teams doing some good things there at the Spartan Invite. We mentioned the men's team finished in fifth place, 317 total points. And then the women's squad finishing in sixth place with 153 total points. Some really good team performances on the men's side. Jacob Green, Micah McRae, John Ryan, Spencer Ashby. We've talked about those guys on this show before, consistently bringing it for this team. In the 200-400 medley relay, they really showed out. In the 800 free relay on the women's side, that team of Elizabeth Bowman, Kiana Taylor, Kimberly Scheiber, Lisa Bornigan also delivering as well. Individually, they also had notable moments as well. So really excited to see what both men's and women's swimming teams can do. Again, their next date is at Emory and Henry on January the 7th, so not too long from now. We'll see them back in the pool and again hopefully some consistency with the Lone Ryan men's and women's basketball teams as those squads have entered South Atlantic Conference play as well. Again, things are pretty quiet right now here on campus as it relates to Lenoran Athletics, but we got spring sports coming up, softball, baseball, men's and women's lacrosse, a lot of other things. Golf is gearing up for the spring. Basketball will continue throughout this winter, obviously. Swimming teams getting ready as well. So coming up this spring, we're going to have a lot of big stuff to talk about here on the show when it comes to Lenoran Athletics. But again, some news tonight with the Lenoran men's and women's basketball teams and the LR men's and women's swimming teams. Now let's go over and talk about college football. Just like we talked about in our Lenore Ryan segment, college football very much affected by COVID surges and COVID protocols. A lot of bowl games have not just been postponed, but have been canceled altogether because teams have had to drop out. Teams have had to find different opponents. That's been the case in some of these bowl games. Tonight, we're going to talk about a couple of key non-college football playoff bowl results. Obviously, the college football playoff semifinals are coming up. We got the Rose Bowl game. We've got a lot of other big bowl games, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. We're going to talk about some results here, again, from non-CFP bowl games and some intriguing matchups and some results of note. We're going to talk about three games at length here in this segment, starting with the Birmingham Bowl, which was played back on December 28th. It was number 21 Houston out of the American Athletic Conference taking on Auburn out of the SEC. 
close game throughout, very competitive contest, but Houston got this one 17-13. Quarterback Clayton Toon went 26-40 of 40 passing for 283 yards and two touchdowns. He also had one interception as well. They got consistency from Alton McCaskill, 14 carries, 78 yards on the ground. He had four receptions for 15 yards and one touchdown through the air. Wide receiver Nathaniel Dell had 10 catches for 150 yards. Monster game for him. Jake Herslow had five catches for 65 yards and one touchdown. For Auburn, quarterback TJ Finley went 19-37 for 227 yards and one touchdown. Tank Bigsby carried the ball 16 times for 96 yards. He also had five catches for 68 yards as well. In the Cheez-It Bowl on December 29th, number 19 Clemson took down Iowa State by 7, 20-13. Leading the Tigers was quarterback DJ Uyagalale. He had 21 of 32 completions for 187 yards. Will Shipley carried the ball 18 times for 61 yards and one touchdown. Takari Collins had six catches for 56 yards as well. Leading Iowa State was quarterback Brock Purdy. He went 23 of 39 passing for 204 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Also on the 29th, we had the Alamo Bowl, which we previewed on last week's show between number 14, Oklahoma, and number 15, Oregon. Oklahoma got this win, 47-32. Another great game from Sooners quarterback Caleb Williams. He went 21-27 passing for 242 yards and three touchdowns. Kennedy Brooks had a monster game on the ground, 14 carries, 142 yards, and three touchdowns. Jalo Farouk had three catches for 64 yards as well. Leading Oregon was quarterback Anthony Brown. He went 27-40 passing for 306 yards through three touchdowns and had one interception. Travis Dye rushed for 153 yards and one touchdown on 18 carries as well. Oklahoma racked up 560 yards of total offense in this game, 318 rushing, 242 passing. And that's something that we've seen all season long from the Oklahoma Sooners is consistency through the air and on the ground. And it was no different here in this game. Bob Stoops stepping in as the acting head coach for this game did a great job getting these guys ready. Obviously, a lot of distractions with Lincoln Riley going to USC, a lot of guys transferring out. But the guys that stuck around for this bowl game played extremely well. Kennedy Brooks, 14 carries, 142 yards, three touchdowns. His consistent play and the ability just to hand the rock to him and consistently get yards, that made the game so much easier for Caleb Williams, who again threw three touchdowns, 242 yards, was very efficient going 21 of 27 through the air. Just great balance all the way through. Again, 560 yards of total offense. Oregon lacked that consistent running game outside of Travis Dye. They really utilized him in a great way in this game. 18 carries, 153 yards, and a touchdown. He, like Kennedy Brooks on the other side, was dominant, and Anthony Brown was steady. Just Oklahoma had a little bit more there offensively. That was a high-scoring affair. The other two games, lower scoring. You look at Houston and Auburn. Great turnaround season for Houston. They only had two losses this season, one to Texas Tech in the opener and to Cincinnati in the American Athletic Conference Championship game. Dana Holgerson displayed one of his best coaching jobs this season. Getting consistency out of Clayton Toon, which is something that we did not see in 2020. We saw game after game here in 2021. No different here in this game. 26 of 40, 283, two TDs. They leaned on that run game a little bit, and Nathaniel Dell was just a monster out there at wide receiver. Again, 10 catches for 150 yards. Her slow was consistent at tight end all season long. Auburn is a team that had a lot of inconsistency this season. Very different from what Houston went through. They experienced great success this season, stability. Auburn didn't have that as much. You know, Bo Nix was solid throughout the season. TJ Finley had to step in late in the year and performed admirably. A lot of distractions there as well with guys transferring, including Bo Nix, who's already headed to Oregon. Uh, but good effort from that team. Brian Harson also did really well this year. It's hard to come in to a bowl game like this 
against a very good Houston team. You know, all the inconsistency around your program, but you know, they did a really good job and they performed well here in this game, just didn't have enough to ultimately get that W. And Clemson obviously had a slow start to their 2021 season, but they turned it around late in the year, getting this bowl win against Iowa State. Really strong way to finish the year. They got consistency from DJ Uyagalale at quarterback. Again, 21 to 32, 187 yards, solid performance here in this game. Will Shipley, I think, is a future star for them in the backfield. 18 carries, 61 yards, and one touchdown. Not a ton of great receiving options this year for Clemson. Their passing game really wasn't too effective or, you know, too potent all season long, but it's just the balance between DJ doing what he can do back there at quarterback and Will obviously in the backfield had a really good season. And for Iowa State, not a consistent running game here in this contest. Obviously, they were missing Brees Hall, who sat out this game, getting ready for the NFL draft. Uh, They were heavily outgained on the ground, but uh, Brock Purdy did what he could do. They just came up a little short there and uh, could not ultimately get that W. So Houston, Clemson, and Oklahoma all getting big wins there in bowl games. And there have been a ton of other results, a ton of other great matchups and other great games to come as well. Again, those are just some of the bowl games that did catch my eye. The Birmingham Bowl, as well as the Cheez-It Bowl, and the Alamo Bowl as well. So that's some of what's going on in college football. A lot of great stuff there. Again, still a lot of things left to come as well. Now let's wrap up the show by talking college basketball. We're going to go over our men's and women's top five games from the last week. And we're going to get things started on the men's side and go back to Wednesday, December the 22nd, where we had number two Duke take down Virginia Tech by a score of 76 to 65. Leading the Blue Devils was Paulo Bancaro. He had 23 points. Wendell Moore added 18. A.J. Griffin and Trevor Keels contributed 13 as well. Kevi Aluma had 25 points to lead Virginia Tech. Justin Mutz had 20. Hunter Couture added 10 as well. Those three guys, Aluma, Mutz, and Couture, scored 55 of the Hokies' 65 points. Not much offense at all outside, again, of those three players. Duke outscored VT 44-29 in the final 20 minutes after trailing by four at the half. Wednesday, December 29th was a huge day in college basketball. Again, a lot of games being canceled, a lot of games being postponed. We got a lot of good matchups in here on this particular day. This is where the rest of our matchups in the top five games come from. And a lot of them in the Southeastern Conference, three of these four out of the SEC, starting with number 11, Auburn. They took down LSU by a score of 70 to 55. Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler both scored 16 points to lead the Tigers. Wendell Green Jr. had 15 and Alan Flanagan added 10 as well. For LSU, Xavier Pinson led the way with 13 points. Tari Eason added 11. Number 18, Kentucky took down Missouri by a score of 83 to 56. Keon Brooks Jr. scored 17 points to lead the charge. Tate Washington added 14 points. Oscar Sheboy had 13 points and 20 rebounds. Savi Wheeler added 11 points as well. In this game, Kentucky out-rebounded Missouri 49 to 35 and forced 21 turnovers. Number 19, Alabama took down number 14, Tennessee in a wild back and forth contest 73 to 68. Leading Alabama was Noah Gurley. He had 24 points. Javon Quinterly added 18. Jaden Shackelford contributed 12 as well. And finally, number 21 Providence took down number 15 Seton Hall by a score of 70 to 65. Leading Providence was Noah Horschler. He had 17 points and 14 rebounds. Nate Watson and Jared Bynum had 14. Al Durham had a 12 and AJ Reeves had 11. Leading Seton Hall was Alexis Yetna. He had a double-double of 13 points and 11 rebounds. Bryce Aiken added 11. Jared Roden and Trey Jackson added 10 as well. Again, really exciting games there in our top five. All of those matchups were very close, very competitive with the exception of the Kentucky-Missouri matchup. Going back up to the Duke-VT game, 
Saw a lot of good things yet again from Duke. Very worthy of being ranked second in the country right now. Great core of stars. Paulo Bancaro, Wendell Moore, those two have been the constants for this Duke team this season. The consistent play of those two and how they play together has been very encouraging here early on in the season. Trevor Kills, much of the same from him. Another great performance here in this one. A.J. Griffin, another breakout game for the freshman, 13 points. I think when Coach K puts him out there on the floor and they really utilize him, Duke is just a different team. Duke is a much better team with him out there. We've seen flashes from him in a couple of different games. We haven't seen it consistently because he hasn't always got the minutes. If I were Coach K right now, I would be putting A.J. Griffin out on the floor a lot more because in him, you have a guy at 6'7", 6'8", versatile at the wing position, can slash, he's big and strong, but he also can shoot on the outside. When you have him playing with Wendell Moore as a tandem on the wing, kills, and Jeremy Roach in the backcourt providing stability. Obviously, we know what we're going to get from Bancaro inside Mark Williams. This Duke team looks like the best in the nation. Baylor is obviously the number one ranked team in the country right now, and they look outstanding starting the season undefeated. But Duke is right there behind them, and I think they're showing a lot of good things early on here in the season. Same thing with the Kentucky Wildcats. Blowout win here over Missouri, 83-56. Breakout game from Keon Brooks Jr., 17 points here in this one. It was kind of quiet in some of their other big games to see him step up and have that type of game and lead the way. Very encouraging. Tate Washington, a consistent performance from him. Oscar Shibway, 13 points, 20 rebounds. Another dominant performance, not just scoring, but rebounding. He leads the nation in rebounds. He's so physical offensively and defensively when he's rebounding. He's so hard to stop in there. He's like a machine down low. And he is a huge reason why I think Kentucky can make a run all the way to the national championship this year is because of his consistency rebounding the basketball. Just as one guy, he had 20. As a team, they totaled 49, only to 35 for Missouri. It's that dominance on the glass that's going to help you win basketball games. And this team, unlike last year's team, can score, and they can score consistently. 83 points here in this game we talked about last week against North Carolina. They scored 98, and there's so many pieces on this team. They're so versatile. Very excited to see where they go from here. Huge ones as well for Auburn and Alabama. Auburn, very underrated squad, even though they're ranked 11th. Love their inside tandem of Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. Kessler, the transfer from North Carolina, 16. Jabari Smith also had that same point total as well. He's a five-star freshman power forward very physical very versatile one of the best players in the country you gotta put him on that short list of candidates for freshman of the year nationally alabama bouncing back off of a tough loss to memphis off of a tough loss to davidson Furman transfer noah Gurley breakout game 20 points here in this contest and obviously providence one of the great stories as well in college basketball turning things around back in the top 25 ed cooley has a great squad this year and a great coaching job he has done with that team as well so that's what's going on in men's college basketball and those are our top five games of the week there in women's college basketball we have some very interesting games to talk about here tonight due to games being canceled due to games being postponed we do not have as many big matchups to talk about a lot of the top teams in the country are not playing due to their games being postponed or canceled. So we're going to start with a game back on Wednesday, December 22nd, where number 12 Texas took down Princeton by a score of 70-53. to Leading the Longhorns was Joanne Allen-Taylor. She had 18 points. Rory Harmon added 15. Liam Mathieu had 12 as well. Abby Myers led Princeton with 21 points for the game. Number 17 Notre Dame took down DePaul by a score of 91 to 86. Leading the Fighting Irish was Maya Dotson. She had 28 points. Maddie Westfeld added 22. Olivia Miles had 20. For DePaul, Anissa Morrow had 19 points and 10 rebounds. Lexi Held had 18. Sonny Morris added 15. Darian Rogers and Deja Church combined for another 27. In this game, Notre Dame out-rebounded DePaul 51 to 26. Big reason why they won that contest there. 
On Thursday, December 23rd, we had number 8 Indiana, 70-37 over Southern Illinois. Grace Berger and Mackenzie Holmes had 18 points to lead IU. Nicole Cardano-Hillary added 11 as well. On Monday, December 27th, 7th-ranked Tennessee defeated Chattanooga by a score of 91-41. to Tamari Key had 18 points to lead the Lady Vols. Alexis Dye added 15. Caroline Striplin added 12 as well. Tennessee out-rebounded Chattanooga 56-24 and forced 21 turnovers. And finally, number 19 LSU took down Sanford by a score of 93-47. Leading LSU was Jalen Cherry. She had 22 points. Kayla Pointer added 16, as did Ajay Petty. LSU with the win is now 12-1 on the season. Again, very interesting matchups here in our women's college basketball top five games. Easy wins for most of those teams there. The only big matchup we had was Notre Dame taking on DePaul. Big win there for the Fighting Irish really turning things around after down seasons in 2019 and in 2020. They're finding consistency offensively, and that's the thing that they lacked the last two seasons. Not enough consistent scoring, not as many options. Stanford transfer Maya Dotson has been huge for the squad this year. 28 points here in this one. Maddie Westbelt, 22. She's a sophomore. Olivia Miles is one of the best freshmen in the entire country. Joined the team early last season and has stepped up this season and has played at a very high level. She was a very highly ranked point guard coming out of high school. Five star recruit out of the 2021 class and again she's proving to be another key part of this team as such a young player already playing at a very high level Notre Dame a a team to watch out for you know a lot of people haven't taken Notre Dame seriously this season because they're only ranked 17th and you know they haven't gotten as many big wins this is a resume building win they have another key win against Oregon State they obviously lost the game to UConn but that's one of their only hiccups this season they played very well and they've been very consistent DePaul's had a great season as well thus far and a player that you really got to keep your eye on is Anissa Morrow 19 points 10 rebounds here in this game to lead the way I can't say enough about how she is playing for this DePaul team and what she is providing for this squad right now when you go through the stats she is one of the best freshmen in the entire country she's averaging a double double on the season she's racked up seven consecutive Big East player of the week honors she has nine double doubles on the season ranks right up there nationally in points and rebounds and block shots and field goal percentage not just a player that you got to keep your eye on for Big East player of the year you know with Paige Becker's out I think everything's on the table but you also got to put her in consideration I think at least early on for national freshman of the year the way that she has played this was another very strong cycle in 2021 and a lot of freshmen have played very well but none have played better than Anissa tomorrow with the opportunity that she has gotten for this DePaul team she has made the most of it so so definitely look out for her as not only a candidate to win the national freshman of the year award and biggies freshman of the year but also biggies player of the year again with Paige Beckers out for UConn a lot of players have an opportunity to make their case and I wouldn't say any other player on UConn right now is playing at that high enough level you know, to be in consideration at this point. So Anisha Morrow is definitely a player that you could look at as a favorite early on, again, with Paige Beckers out for UConn. So definitely a team to watch in DePaul. They had a game scheduled against the UConn Huskies. That has since been canceled. That game is trying to be made up. All of these canceled games are going to try to be made up at some point. You know, whether they can do it or not, it's whether it fits into the schedule. Because just like last year, when a game is canceled, it's pushed all the way to the back. Can they find a day for it where the visiting team can travel? You know, there's so many, there's so many circumstances that 
and there's so many things that need to go right for these matchups to happen. So there is some uncertainty throughout college athletics right now, and that affects what we talk about here on this show as well. But uh, the games have still been going on, and that's the most important thing at this point. So those are our women's college basketball top five games of the week. Very exciting matchups, very interesting games there. Again, with some high major teams getting some wins there over some mid-major opponents, and again, Notre Dame getting a big win over DePaul as well. So that's all the time we have in this episode of College Sports Today. This was our ninth installment. We hope that you've enjoyed every single minute of it. Again, from all of us here at Lenoran University, to you out there. Have a happy new year. I hope 2022 is the best year for all you guys. This is Hamilton Neal signing off. Enjoy the rest of your 2021. I'll see you in 2022.